He's got connections. From actors and athletes to comedians and world-class musicians. Andy Hall. His contact list is jam-packed with some of the most recognizable names in entertainment. Andy Hall's giving Laser Hellraisers his plus one. An exclusive conversation you won't hear anywhere else. On today's edition of Hall Access. A guy who I go back over 25 years with but ironically have not spoken to in about eight. Looking forward to catching up on all things Steel Panther with frontman Michael Starr. Hey, Andy. How you doing, buddy? I'm good. It's great to hear from you again, my man. How are things in your world? I can't complain, dude. I have a place, a roof over my head, I got a car, and I got a pack of cigarettes. Things are good. I love it. (laughs) Just three weeks to the release of Steel Panther's sixth studio album, On the Prowl, drops on the 24th of this month. And I'm happy to see at least a couple of song titles that I can say on the air without getting fired so thank you for that oh you're welcome that's that's our goal is to make it easy for radio to talk about the title of the record without getting fired from their job (laughs) 13 songs in total this is your first collection of songs post pandemic and it's it's interesting michael i talking to a number of artists such as yourself some say it totally threw them off their rhythm and and took some time to get back to write again others it was like riding a bike in fact some found the downtime to be beneficial in terms of clearing the calendar and focusing on the work where are you on that spectrum I would say a mixture of everything you just said. The break was unwanted, but when it happened, it was scary, and it was still scary, and it was still scary. And then it became like, wow, I really needed a break. It was nice to have a break. We've been touring nonstop for 20 years, like straight every single year, sometimes nine months out of the year. And especially when we started putting out records, we toured all the time. So the break was cool. It gave us the time to really just kind of reflect and and come together as guys and bros and friends, you know, over Zoom, you know, and we just did what we could do. But, you know, it did give us that, that time to recover and, and come back together. And I think this is a really great record that reflects our time during the pandemic and also the time of coming back to rock. I'm sure you'd agree, while making records is a unique kind of satisfaction, a band like Steel Panther, I mean, your lifeblood is getting in front of people and performing. Yeah, it's a, when you have a new body of work, it's great to go out and support it. And it gives you another reason to go out and tour, which is great, right? So we get to go play all the places we played for the last 12 years over and over again. And we get to see all our friends and hang out and party. And, you know, what's better than doing a job you love? Nothing. Like, you love being a DJ. I love being a singer. We get to do it for fun and for free, basically. And to top it off, sometimes we get paid. How awesome is that? It doesn't get much better than that, my man. And I'll tell you, it's really sad, isn't it, that I think a very small percentage of the uh, global population can say that. They wake up every day and can't wait to get to work. Yeah, I hear you, dude. It's I And I understand it because I had to do a job that I didn't really like to support my, you know, my heavy metal addiction, man. <laughs> you know, you can't, can't live off a stripper forever, right? So right. I had to get a job at Wendy's and McDonald's and Taco Bell and, and just do my time. And now... I'm still making food, but I don't have to do it. I do it because I want to. That's right. Steel Panther frontman Michael Starr is my special guest. Their new album, On the Prowl, is coming on the 24th. I just watched the video for the song 1987, which, by the way, Michael, is freaking brilliant, man. Thank you so much. I'm glad you liked it. We really love the song. We think the video really um, is perfect for the song, and it's just great. And every time I hear it, it, it makes me feel nostalgic and it gives me a little it pulls on my heart you know and it makes me just go god man i I really miss those times but at the same time reflecting about a great time is cool and that's what 1987 was for 
But still, man, there's so many great things happening now. It's exciting. It gives you both. You get to go in the past, and you get to look into the future, and right now kicks ass. That's right. It, it had to have been fun dreaming up the lyrics for that one. Yeah, Satchel's a dreamer, man. He, he'll be in the shower. He comes up with ideas in the shower because he always takes very long showers. <laughs> and you know, he came out and he said, hey, man, I got this song. I think it's going to be awesome. I'm like, what's it called? He goes, 1987. I'm like, what does that mean? You know, so I thought it was like some code, like 5150 or something. Like, <laughs> dude, the year 1987. You remember all those bands? I was like, oh, dude, let's rock it. And he wrote it. He sent it to me and Sticks, and we recorded it that day. Was there any conversation about the year, the title, or was it always going to be just 1987 because that's what it was? Because, I mean, literally, you could think back on the decade of decadence and that whole period of time. It could have easily been 1986 or 1988. Yeah, I think 1987 is the peak of heavy metal. And you didn't, I didn't realize it when we were in the peak that this could go away in four years, but it did. So at the height of heavy metal, at the height of it, I think it was 1987. Lots of name checks. I love how they all put us back in that time and place. Those of a certain age have very fond memories of that era, even if it takes a little jogging of the memory for obvious reasons, right? <laughs> yeah, it's great to look back and remember. You know, one, one line that really hits me is, is hanging out with your friends that you see every day. You know, I miss that. You know, school was like when I was younger, being in school and being in a band and partying and hanging out with my friends and doing band rehearsal, it just reminds me of all that stuff, you know? I remember one time my mom, and she met this super rich producer guy, and she ended up moving in, in with him, and she left me in the rental house for, she said, you can stay in this house for another month, and then the rent's done, you gotta figure out what to do. And I'm like, all right. So I took the whole band, and we all set up in the living room, and we just had parties every night until they kicked us out. Oh. It was the most glorious time ever. And guess what year that was? 1987. <laughs> that is awesome. I was thinking back to that time, too, and one of the uh, first lines of the song is for Appetite for Destruction, which came out that year, obviously. And um, that, I remember, speaking of what you're talking about, I had a group of friends and I that all were into that music and bringing home a vinyl copy of Appetite for Destruction and all of us sitting around the turntable listening to this thing. Yeah, dude, we used to do that in my friend's car. I remember when Rat's first record came out, we sat and we all four listened to it. And we were just like, this is so awesome. And, you know, we did the same thing when we got older, too. You know, we, you know, all the, the White Snakes, uh, Guns N' Roses, Poison was still kicking ass. You know, it was just like there's so much great music and so much bonding that goes on with the music that everybody loves, you know. And yeah. You, you forget that. And it's nice to reminisce about it. For sure. You mentioned Ozzy in the song, who has just recently announced his retirement from the road. We see these guys we grew up idolizing, Keith Richards, Mick Jagger, the guys in Motley Crue and Def Leppard, the Scorpions guys. They almost seem immortal, but when one with the significance of Ozzy decides to step away like he is, it's a really big deal. Yeah, it really is a big deal. It's like Tom Brady retiring from football. If you're in the football, it's like, what? Yeah. It's coming to an end, you know, and Ozzy is such a huge influence on so many people including myself and you know i'm i'm happy that he's happy and he's moving on with his life you know it comes to an end for everybody eventually and uh you know i wish him well i wish he was still playing because i was, we had shows booked with him so oh. that's not going to work out so but you know 
it is what it is, and I wish him well. On the subject of Ozzy and the lyrics of your song, 1987, the bat-biting incident, which just celebrated its 41st anniversary back on January 20. Fun fact, Michael, that happened right here in Des Moines, Iowa. That's amazing. I never knew that. Yeah. Almost slipknot. Ozzy's biting heads off bat. So that was my next step. I was going to blow your mind and let you know that I don't know if you heard this news, but a member of Slipknot, Sid Wilson, uh, had a child with Kelly Osborne recently. Really? So Ozzy bites the head off a bat in Des Moines, Iowa, and then years later, a member of Slipknot from Des Moines, Iowa, has a child with Ozzy's daughter. What a fun fact. I wonder what the kid looks like. Do you think the kid's born with a mask on? Yeah. (laughs) Does he need a mask? That's a great question. I have no idea. (laughs) You know, the kid's born like, whoa, this kid does need a mask. (laughs) Dad, I'll just borrow one of yours. That's hilarious. (laughs) Yeah, that's good, man. Well, Uh, congratulations to Kelly. I think that's awesome. You know, the more heavy metal kids we can bring to the planet, the better off we'll be later down the road. Absolutely. We couldn't agree more. The other subjects you're tackling on the new album include the smokescreen of social media, Instagram specifically. I think that might be an interesting listen. Oh, holy smokes. Yeah. I mean, how many times have I been catfished on Instagram? (laughs) I see the picture. I'm like, oh, my God. She instant messages me. And I say, yeah, put me on the guest list. And she shows up like, who's this? I don't know you. Oof. She's like, no, this is me. This is my picture. And I just think it'd be cool if Instagram could make, like, AI filters. So, like, even when you're walking around, you still get to use the filter on your face, and that's all people see. <laughs> oh, if we only had this technology in 1987, right? <laughs> yeah, you know, dude, I, I tell you what, I'm not opposed to using filters on my Instagram. You know, I, I see myself on camera like, oh, my God, I do look like a 58-year-old dude now. So, you know, you put a little filter on there and make yourself look a little younger. But, you know, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, thankfully, I don't wear a lot of makeup. I wear a little eyeliner on stage, maybe some mascara to brighten up your eyes on stage. But other than that, dude, the whole foundation thing and all that, I I don't have time for that. It's amazing how much time was spent on things like that in 1987, though. You know? Yeah, I mean, dude, think about how much poison you use. I mean, that's a lot of work, and it, it... Luckily for me, I every time I put makeup on, I sweat really bad on stage, so it just drips off anyway, so yeah. I never really wore that much of it. But hairspray, I love me some hairspray. <laughs> I'll spray the shit out of my hair just even when I'm going to bed. <laughs> uh, got to have it looking good the, when you wake up in the morning for that coffee, right? <laughs> yeah, you got to have that just got done loving you look when you wake up. That's right. Uh, a couple of other titles that I found intriguing, and I can't wait to hear these songs. Friends with Benefits, One Pump Chump. Those are a pretty self-explanatory, I would assume. <laughs> yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yes. And tell me about Teleporter, because if this is what I think it's about, this is something I've been thinking about since I was a kid. What's it about? It's what you're thinking bro it's like you know you, you get in a bad situation and you just wish you could just be teleported out of there yeah and i'm telling you this technology is coming it's going to happen just you have to they've already figured out how to get the flies out of the teleporters <laughs> so you don't get you know mutated with them right but you know it's going to work and we're looking forward to it because that way we'll be able to teleport right after a show to another country and play a show that same night so think about the possibilities of touring with a teleporter so yeah, Teleporter is a great song. It's something we've talked about for years. And thankfully, 
uh, it's out now. Love it. Real quick before I let you go, Michael, I've been a big fan of yours dating way back to some other bands that you've played with. You and I were introduced by a mutual friend, Remy Maxwell, when I was living up in Minneapolis in the early 2000s, so I've known you for a while. Remy, man, blast in the past. He is responsible for helping us out early on in our career, especially with our uh, Van Halen tribute band that Satchel and I had called Tom Funk. He helped us out a lot, man. You and I have that in common. He's basically my mentor in this business. So, uh, you know, owe a lot of gratitude to Remy Maxwell. I noticed you hired a new bass player. Spider looks familiar to me. Spider used to be uh, Lexi's backup for years. He even backed Lexi up back in like 2002. And then he also was in the Van Halen tribute band with Satchel and I. So, yeah, we have a, a really rich history with Spider. And we're really stoked to have him in the band. He's a great addition to our band. Look, he's not. no one's going to be Lexi Fox. So let's just get that out of the way. <laughs> right. There's nobody as hot as Lexi. There's nobody as sexy as Lexi. There's nobody that can look in the mirror and print himself on stage like Lexi. And we decided we're just going to get the complete opposite. Just a normal, regular dude who likes football, hockey, and drinking beer and eating pizza. <laughs> and a hell of a bass player, too, that guy. Oh, he's great. You bet. One of the best bass players around. Last but not least, as a guitar guy, I love the fact that the 1987 pedal, which made a cameo in the video for the song, is an actual guitar pedal that you guys are going to be offering eventually at SteelPantherRocks.com. That's cool. Yeah, it's all, I think you can pre-order it already, and it's, it's, killer, it's a killer pedal. If you're a guitar player or just a fan of buying pedals from your favorite band, you plug your guitar into this pedal, and you click on the button, and turn the knobs up a little bit, you're going to sound like Whitesnake meets Scorpion. That's the, the uh, whole idea of that pedal. So you can plug it in and sound like the year 1987. That's yes. the name, 1987. God, and what I wouldn't get to be that kid on the other side of the glass at the mixing board while Steel Panther are in there cutting a song. That would be so cool. <laughs> yeah, dude, that was a really fun process, man. I'm really glad you liked the video, dude. We spent a lot of time on it. I did. I love the video, and I can't wait to hear the rest of the album. On the Prowl is dropping on the 24th. Michael Starr, always a pleasure to have you, man. Thanks, Andy. Talk to you soon, bro.